Texas Roadhouse, a Louisville-based chain, has a new restaurant brand in the works. We'll talk about what it is and where it came from next on Access Louisville. Thanks for joining us. My name is David Mann, and joining me today is Sarah Shadburn. Hey, hey. Haley Cawthon. Hey there. And Shay Van Hoy. Hi. Access Louisville is a weekly podcast from Louisville Business First. Each week, we bring you the latest news and the sharpest opinions on the city we love, Louisville, Kentucky. Maybe I should say on the city that Tucker Carlson hates, Louisville, Kentucky. <laughs> But before we do that, and I'll explain that joke later, uh, I'm going to start this show the way I always do, with a difficult question for our panel. So, guys, uh, Haley had a story this week, a feature on a company called Better Days. It's a record store that's been in Louisville for a couple of decades, and it's moved to a new location on Barrett Avenue. And uh, this started us talking about music yesterday. Uh, first CDs, first cassettes, that sort of thing. Uh, so I thought I'd put a twist on that for the podcast to talk about. Do you guys still uh, ever buy uh, music in a physical format? And if you do, what was the last thing you bought? Um, and if you don't, I guess maybe just share your um, first CD or uh, first cassette. Um, and Haley, I'll start with you. You wrote that story, so. Yeah, um, I still buy physical copies of things, especially if it's an artist that I really like and want to listen to in my car regularly. Like I buy CDs specifically to listen into my listen in my car. Um, I guess the last one I bought was like Bright Eyes' new album. Um, that's kind of a emo thing for me to say, but I love Bright Eyes and Connor Oberst, and yeah. and they just came out with a new album uh, fairly recently, um, and that was probably the last thing that I bought. Connor Erbosch can get a bit weepy, but uh, he's got some rocking <laughs> songs too. So uh, I approve. Um, how about you, Sarah? Yeah, I have another email answer. I um, love collecting CDs. I always have. Um, and my most recent CD that I bought was Taking Back Sunday's Louder Now album. I saw <laughs> it at uh, Fat Rabbit like two or three weekends ago. And that's just an album that I really love. And when I saw it, I was like, that's mine. I'm going to listen to this in the car now all the time. So you got a CD player in the car too? <laughs> yes, still. I have a 2011 Mazda, so I still have a, a CD player, which yeah. I'm very grateful for. <laughs> yeah, I got one too. Uh, Shay, how about you? It's weird. This kind of popped up on my Facebook memories the other day. and I So now I remember the last CD slash album I bought was uh, Bully did an in-store at Guest Room Records, not for the new... Their, new album but for the album before that so two or three years ago mm -hmm. and if you bought in advance like a cd or an album and my wife and i bought both you got to get in the front of the line for the in-store and what popped up was we were like right in front and so we were like three feet from the singer alicia so it made me think of like made me sad for not being able to go to see live shows because it was like such an intimate show so mm -hmm. i was like the, and I, but i miss buying them like sarah because like now i don't know like song titles anymore because you oh, don't yeah, have them totally on the back right. of your CD. Yeah. Um, and then I do remember the first like cassette I bought with my own money. So it would have been like 80, I think 83 or 84. Uh, and it was at Ben Franklin in my hometown. 
and it was the Scorpions Love at First Sting album, which is the one that has the Rocky like <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> nice. I can't believe they had an album called Love at First Sting. <laughs> yeah, and my, I remember, like, my dad seeing the cover, which is kind of risque, and him just looking at it funny, and like, you're buying yeah. that? I'm like, yep, I'm buying that. <laughs> yeah, I had a similar situation with uh, Warren's Cherry Pie album. <laughs> I remember buying it, and my mom just looked at me and shook her head. Cause, I mean, like, <laughs> it's just kind of a risque um, cover, and, and I was just like, Whatever, and she was like kind of scowled at me the rest of the day, but <laughs> but it was fine after that. <laughs> Interesting fact about that album, David, that that song that was not on the original like plan for the album, and they turned in the album, and the record Columbia was like, "You need a single," and he apparently wrote that in like ten minutes. I was like, "Okay, yeah. here's your here's your and damn pop single." <laughs> I've heard that he hates that he hates playing that song at live shows. Yeah but everyone just wants to hear him play it. So that's why they go to the warrant shows, but uh, he's, he's dead. Oh, is he? Oh no. <laughs> he did, but, that was, but that was true. He like hated being the cherry pie guy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, didn't. Yeah. <laughs> Rip warrant. Um, but uh, yeah, so that, that, that throws me off. I also, um, I also buy uh, physical media. I buy uh, vinyl because I'm a, damn hipster no i don't know i'm not a hipster at all but uh i do like um records because they're big and colorful and they just look cool they're not very mm. convenient to listen to um anybody who says they sound better is lying uh they don't sound better but um but i do think they're just cool to look at and listen to and collect and i always just buy like favorite albums from over the years so recently i bought um uh, Guns N' Roses, Appetite for Destruction on vinyl. Um, I swear I listen to more than hair metal. But, uh, <laughs> but Was Guns N' Roses your last concert too? Um, actually, I think it was, yeah. So I've got a I whole Guns so. N' Roses thing going on because I saw them um, at Louder Than Life and I think that was probably the last concert I went before everything shut down. Um, but I... Uh, I bought that because that was a favorite album of mine when I was a kid and I hadn't listened to it in a long time and I saw it on sale uh, just uh, for like nine bucks and I thought that was a good buy. So, uh, so yeah, that was, uh, that was fun. We'll get to some news, although it isn't too hard to news this week. Um, you know, there's been plenty of worrisome things out there this week, but uh, well, we've also had some, some cool features and stuff too. Um, Haley just wrote a story on uh Kent Taylor, the founder of uh, Texas Roadhouse. That's our cover story this week. So you can check that out on LouisvilleBusinessFirst.com. But uh, he was talking about this sort of new concept um, that uh, that Texas Roadhouse is coming out with. I guess it's been out for a few years, just in like small, just in, in just a few locations here and there. But it sounds like it's maybe uh, something they're putting more uh, uh, thought power behind. So what's the new concept it's called Jaggers, and forgive me if I call it Jaegers um, throughout this. I don't Spelled know why. like Jaegers. It's, it's, yeah, but you have to think Jagger, like Mick Jagger. So Jaggers mm-hmm. is the new concept um, that was uh, created by Texas Roadhouse founder and CEO uh, Kent Taylor. Um, Jaggers has been around for a couple of years, um, but there's only two locations right now. Um, they're in... Indianapolis and Noblesville, which is a suburb north of Indianapolis. Um, and now Louisville is getting one. So it's new to us. Um, so the Louisville 
Doppelger's location is opening next Wednesday um, over kind of by Texas Roadhouse's headquarters on Dutchman's Lane. Um, it's like across from that Panera Bread mm-hmm. um, that you guys can see it pretty easily. Um, it used to be a Texas in- Roadhouse, right? Yeah, there used to be a Texas Roadhouse there. It was a parking lot for a while, and Kent was like, yeah, I'm tired of paying for parking for the Panera Bread people. I'm going to put a restaurant there. <laughs> um, but but also he wants to, you know, continue to explore um, this new fast casual concept. Um, as, you, as you guys probably already know, Texas Roadhouse has another concept called Buzz 33. And both Texas Roadhouse and Bubba's are, you know, sit down uh, full service restaurants. And so this is Ken's first um, soiree into the fast casual sphere. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he describes it as a combination between Chick-fil-A and Five Guys. Yes. So if you like Chick-fil-A chicken sandwiches and you like Five Guys burgers, um, he said, like, imagine those two concepts had a baby and it's Jaggers. <laughs> um, and this came out of a wide-ranging interview you did with Kent. Uh, so what did you think of him? Had you done an interview with him before? I had never um, talked to, with Kent one-on-one before. Um, I had asked him several questions, filtered through PR people um, in the mm-hmm. past. And I, uh, I'm i on every Texas Roadhouse earnings call as well. So it feels like I know him more than I probably do. But this is the first time I got to meet him in person. We had a socially distanced interview um, a couple weeks ago, several weeks ago now. <laughs> it's already December. Um, but but it was just really cool to meet him in person. He's a super laid back dude, like showed up to the interview in jeans and I'm in like the best outfit I own probably. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, just because it's a public company, it's a big deal. Um, but Ken's like totally casual. He's in like a flannel shirt and some jeans. And uh, we sat in this big conference room and he talked to me about, you know, kind of, his journey as an entrepreneur and how he started out in the fast casual sphere um, with KFC. He was an area manager for KFC for a time. um, And he walks me through kind of this full circle moment of going back to fast casual after, you know, two successful concepts, Bubba's and uh, Texas Roadhouse. So it was was a really fun interview. Um, He's a really like off the cuff, like, he he speaks his mind whenever he wants to and just kind of says um, what he's really feeling. So I really appreciate that mm-hmm. from such a high level CEO because yeah. normally it sounds like a lot of CEOs are talking from press releases. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Like they're very, uh, what's the word? Robotic. Um, yeah, <laughs> not necessarily robotic, but like very measured. Yes, measured. Um, and it sounds like they're very, you know, prepared and, they have these prepared statements that they're going and to make to you. they never off of those statements. <laughs> yeah. And, and Kent was like just telling me things that he was feeling and, you know, how ideas got started. Um, so I just really appreciated the interview. It felt like I really got to know him in that 20, 30 minutes that we got to talk. Yeah. Uh, what's the story he told you about meeting with the Applebee's and Outback and Buffalo Wild Wings CEOs? <laughs> Um, so this story came about, um, we were talking about, you know, he comes up with concepts and he was walking me through all of his ideas for concepts like Texas Roadhouse, which was a cowboy themed steakhouse. And then he also had, you know, um, Aspen Creek, um, and Buckhead, uh, were his like ski, ski steakhouses, um, ski lodge steakhouses, ideas that he had. 
Um, so we were talking about Bubba's 33 and how that concept came about because it's kind of different than the typical steakhouse concept. It's more, you know, sports bar, pizza, burgers, wings, um, that type of thing. Um, so he told me that that idea actually came from a CEO summit. Uh, he went to the summit with a bunch of other CEOs um, and apparently that there there are CEOs at Applebee's and uh, Outback that uh, he just didn't really jive with. <laughs> um, he said they were in the anti-Kent crowd. Um, and for some reason, Buffalo Wild Wings um, was joined in on the other side, you know, the anti-Kent crowd as well. Um, and so that night, Kent went back to his hotel room and just like wrote down the idea <laughs> for Bubba's 33 to compete with to directly compete with Buffalo Wild Wings. And that was kind of the Genesis story. That's <laughs> what sparked. He's like, I'm going to, I'm going to show up and make a better sports bar um, than yeah. they could do. So he said they, what is wow. it, give them a run for their money or. He's, he said, uh, show them what for, <laughs> yeah, <that's what> <laughs> which is like the, the quintessential kind of Southern. <laughs> yeah. Uh, nice way <laughs> of saying that. Show me W3's what for. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's funny. Yeah, so Bubba's has been around for powerful spite. <laughs> yeah, uh, Bubba's thirty three actually has thirty one locations now. Um, so he feels like he kind of um, caught lightning in a bottle twice since yeah. Texas Roadhouse has been so successful, and now Bubba's thirty three is building on that success. So the food at Bubba's thirty three is salty, but not in a taste way, more in a competing with people. <laughs> I guess so. Uh, <laughs> it's still pretty good food. I don't know if you guys have ever I actually haven't tried it. I know Marty likes it. It's, yeah, it's in Clarksville. Um, yeah, uh, the, and that reminds me uh, with uh, with Jaggers. Um, I did it. Uh, why did he <laughs> put the first location in Indianapolis? Yeah, so the first Jaggers went to um, – Indianapolis and Noblesville because uh, Kent said that he wanted to try the concept out in a market that was close enough that he could drive to. Um, he's actually worked the drive through at a couple of these restaurants in Indy. Um, can you imagine just like pulling around and like not knowing who that is serving you your <laughs> soda? Yeah. It's Kent Taylor. Um, but he guy. wanted, <laughs> yeah, he wanted a place where he could drive to and, you know, see how they're working and that type of thing. But he wanted it far enough away that if the concept failed, you wouldn't have to hear about it from his friends and here in Louisville. <laughs> <laughs> Good idea. Well, it's here now. So, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, he's really putting himself out here now because <laughs> um, we'll so he must see it that. for the first time. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, I was going to ask if anyone's tried it yet, but I guess it's not open um, here locally. So, uh, that yeah, is it next week, Haley? Oh, yes, it opens on Wednesday, December 9th. I think that is the 9th. Um, I got invited to go to the soft opening uh, the day before, I think. Um, so I might check that out if I can. Um, but yeah, it's opening here on Wednesday, December 9th. But if you want to make a road trip up to Indy, um, you can check it out before then if you want to see it before it opens yeah. here in Louisville. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's kind of close to me. So I'll definitely check it out for sure. Uh, so, yeah, interesting story. Sorry, I think I made you recite your whole cover story there going through all those <laughs> questions. But uh, <laughs> but it was worth it. So uh, very, very good read today. Uh, I'll switch gears here switch gears we'll talk about ford <laughs> um 
Ford uh, just put out an economic impact study saying how much um, they contribute to the economy in Kentucky. And it's quite a bit, right, Sarah? How much is it? Yeah, so for the uh, Louisville economy alone, um, the Boston Consulting Group study found that Ford adds like $4.3 billion um, to the Louisville economy yeah. and then <clears throat> to the Kentucky economy entire, um, it's like nearly $12 billion, which is yeah, just yeah. insane to think about. <laughs> yeah, that is. That's a, a big economic impact. Obviously, one of our bigger manufacturers in town. What all do they make here? So um, the Kentucky truck plant on Chamberlain Lane does the uh, F-Series Super Duty trucks, the Ford Expedition, and the Lincoln Navigator. Mm -hmm. And then the Louisville Assembly plant on Fern Valley Road does the Ford Escape and the Lincoln Corsair. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, so you got to talk to um, one of their executives. Um, I thought you had an interesting fact in there uh, about how much the F-Series brand generates um, compared to some of the, uh, like, biggest brands in in the country yeah yeah it was me um <clears throat> in another insane to conceptualize kind of way uh <laughs> john savannah the vice president of uh manufacturing was saying that the f-series brand alone like is bigger than mcdonald's and coca-cola and netflix um <clears throat> i think it generates 40 billion dollars last year yeah um it's what their so it generates more revenue than those yeah, and those are like the biggest brands in the in the you know right. in the world, honestly. But not all of them. Yeah, and just the truck alone sure. is bigger. <laughs> yeah, thirty-seven yeah, that... billion of that comes from Texas. <laughs> <laughs> They're still like I think they had another number too. It was like eight hundred forty thousand plus trucks. Ford trucks are on the road in Kentucky, so we're contributing quite a bit there. Yeah, but I yeah, believe probably it. Um, Texas. And those trucks, are like I, I like F series trucks. They're expensive. Like if you ever look at the price of them, they're uh, they're they're no slouch. <laughs> <laughs> Moving into that luxury vehicle space. <laughs> exactly. Um, I'll have to look up the price as we're talking here. Now that I've said that, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> um, you said that you mentioned uh, John Savona. Um, he uh, he has some Louisville ties, right? And and now he's one of the leaders of the co company. Yeah, so he um, supervised the, I want to say it was the Kentucky truck plant between 2011 and 2013. And then he, um, you know, was promoted and was overseeing both of the plants in Louisville. So he, um, that was really cool. He's not actually from Louisville. I think he said he was from Michigan, but mm -hmm. uh, it was just cool because he said when he moved his family here, you know, people are kind of like, Louisville, I'm moving to Kentucky. I don't know about all that. Mm -hmm. um, but he said his family really loved it, and they were actually very sad to leave uh, when his brief time here was over. So, yeah, yeah. Go Louisville. Yeah, I remember him, <laughs> and uh, I, I went up to Detroit. Isn't that glamorous? Uh, the <laughs> Detroit one time. Uh, and I was right talking, here in the Midwest. <laughs> yeah, wow. Oh, man. It's like Cinderella going to the ball. Uh, David Mann going to Detroit. And, uh, <laughs> um, and I talked to John Savono at that point, um, and he mentioned, uh, he said he had taken that drive many times from Detroit to Louisville. And I like, because basically I like woke, there was a Ford event in, in Michigan, and I woke up really early, drove there, uh, and then got there. At, like, How far is that? Uh, five hours or so. Um, yeah. So I think I got up at like seven and, and you know, got up there, at, uh, you know, three o'clock or something for the event. And I remember him saying that he's done that many times. Uh, so I guess he, uh, he's kind of, um, it's cool that someone who oversaw the 
uh, operations here, you know, moved up to the, I get, what's his role at Ford now? As director it of was a uh, vice president of North American manufacturing. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. And that's a very only, uh, important role. <laughs> so, Right. The only uh, bummer with the Louisville ties, since he's not from here, I couldn't ask him what high school he went to. But, <laughs> oh, <you know>. yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the question. Uh, F-150 uh, MSRP is uh, $28,900, almost $29,000, which uh, I think is pretty expensive. I mean, and that's just a base model. I'm sure if you throw some add-ons on that puppy, it's, uh, it's going to be... Right. They've got some uh, cool techie features now too. So I'm sure. It yeah, it does. Um, so I've owned like three Fords in my life, all Mustangs. My first car was a Mustang and, uh, and I totaled it in grand fashion. Uh, <laughs> what's, uh, what's, uh, you know, have you guys driven many Fords? What's your first car? Shay, I'll start with you on that one. I have never owned a Ford. Um, but my first car was a, I did drive. I did drive some. I guess I used to review cars a couple jobs ago as part of my job, not my only job, which is was one of the coolest things I've ever done for a couple mm-hmm. of years. And I've been to Detroit on a junket as well. Wasn't it with, magical? <laughs> it was. It was. It was for Delphi Electronics. And um, the thing I remember about that is, so it was probably the year two thousand. So technology then was uh, one of the things Delphi had worked on some of the technology on a Segway. So it was like right after the Segways came out, I got to ride around on one um, and <laughs> everyone thought they would be everywhere. Now they're just pretty much used for like uh, mall cops and tours. And tourists. And yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, I had a, I had a 80 in 19, I got my license in 91, I guess. Um, I had a 85 Chevy Cavalier that was super boxy and square and four door. Oh yeah, I remember those and, Cavaliers. Yeah. And it actually surprisingly ran when I sold it. Uh, um, I inherited a, a, a Chevy S10 from my parents when college and it was still running when I sold it. Someone else bought it, which was amazing. It was over, you know, an 85 Chevy that had like 130,000 miles. It was still moving. Ooh. Not, not normal. They don't <laughs> make them like that anymore. <laughs> How about you, Sarah? What was your first uh, vehicle? Yeah. So <clears throat> I turned 16 in like 2013 if my math is right uh and i was sharing a volvo s80 with my sister who is two years older than me mm-hmm. um she when she went off to college i got to take that car because uh, she went to danville uh, she went to center college in danville so she didn't really like need her car unless she's coming home on the weekends but um my first love car <laughs> was my uh 2003 toyota avalon karen Um, she was like driving a big submarine. I just loved her so much. And, um, the city trolley in Asheville actually hit her while I was driving, um, to work one day in college and, uh, the trolley totaled her and I still have my, uh, air freshener. I made her like a friendship bracelet because I just like loved my car and I hung it from my, uh, I love that you named it Karen of all things. She, when I got her, (laughs) she just like, screamed Karen to me. I was like, her vibe is Karen. Uh, not in the way that it is now, you know, like did she asked to speak to <laughs> the trolley's manager. <laughs> right. I, no, I did. Um, through tears. <laughs> I've never been in an accident before. Um, but I still have the little air freshener and friendship bracelet, uh, 
from Karen hanging on my wall because she was such a good car. And nice. she had a cassette player in there, and I used to play my favorite Wham cassette. In there. <laughs> oh, yeah, you mentioned that. I had yesterday. to tie in all the, <laughs> all the questions for Full Circle Answers. I'm surprised, like, I mean, as young as you are, I'm surprised you knew Wham, but uh, good for you for... Uh... Last Christmas by George Michael is my very favorite <laughs> Christmas song ever. I remember it's... listening to it in the car on my way to like elementary <laughs> school and just being like, this is genius. <laughs> yeah, it is. I, uh, I'm... I'm turn that into a song about my dog but i won't sing it here so i would um, like to hear it at some point though uh, yeah i will uh maybe at a happy hour or something <laughs> i can hear me... a, a lot of lyrics to songs about my dog same yeah. with the cats we do a lot yep. of cat songs here <laughs> same here okay uh, that made me that reminded me though talking about your cassette player that second truck i mentioned which was the so my cavalier was the only car i've owned that was an uh that was an automatic transmission i've only had manuals since then that's one thing, but the, so the S10 truck, the CD player broke and it, it wouldn't eject a CD, but it would still play it. And that summer was my internship. And so I was driving an hour to and from work and from college every day, but it was also stuck on full volume. And the CD that was stuck in there was rancid out come the wolves. So <laughs> I could, I could, I could take the faceplate off and stop the music. Like it was one of those removable faceplates. So people yeah. wouldn't steal it. But as soon as you put it back on that CD started and would just play in a loop. So I've listened to that CD more than any other CD. At full in my volume. Life. Wow. Yeah. Luckily, it's a good CD. It's very good, and yeah. you know, there wasn't like every song's good. So, but so yeah, the, full volume. <laughs> the Mustang that I totaled when I when I wrecked it. Um, one of the funniest things was I had one of those CD players like wasn't factory, and uh, I guess when I hit hit when I hit, um, it uh, it flew out and hit me in the stomach. <laughs> So it's like, oh whoever God. installed that didn't do a good job. But anyway, <laughs> um, Haley, what was your first ride? Do you remember? Uh, of course I remember because I'm still driving it. I'm the <laughs> oh, only no. one who's only ever had one car. Um, in 2009, I got a 2010 Kia Forte. It was fresh off the boat, literally from Korea. Um, nice. And uh, my mom wanted me to get a car um for my birthday that I could drive through college um you know back and forth um from college and get me through at least to my first job and here it is I'm 27 years old uh still driving it has um 120,000 miles on it which isn't a lot um because I haven't done especially this year I haven't done hardly any driving but um, it's been a good little car. It ha- it's had its issues. I've wrecked it before. Um, it would have been totaled if it wasn't so new <laughs> back <laughs> when I did it. Um, but it's been repaired. It's on its second engine. Um, it's oh, just man. trucking along, and I'm, I'm just going to keep it until it doesn't go anymore. And so far, that's not this year. <laughs> it's a very practical a car. Did y'all uh, name your cars at all? Um, I called yeah. mine the Black Pearl, but that's Ooh. like its color. It's that's its color, like listed on the. I don't know if it's on the registration, but like when I purchased it, it the color was Black Pearl, and I'm like, I'm going to call it the Black Pearl. Nice. Yep. My current car doesn't have a name, but the first, the Cavalier that I mentioned was the was called the Hound. Nice. <laughs> we would. Uh, cool. Growing up in a small town, you don't have anything to do. So in the winter, when like the state park was kind of closed down, we would play car chase in the campground because it has all these intertwined like gravel roads. And for some reason, I would always be able to like track the person we were chasing. So it was the hound was born. Nice. Nice. (laughs) Um, My Mustang was called the duck because it was, uh, 
it was a uh, convertible, and the convertible top had a hole in it, so I put duct tape on it. <laughs> That's why we call it the duck. Yeah. Even though it's not duct tape, it's duct tape, but uh, yeah. The name it's funny stuck. though it works. So, yeah, the name stuck. So, all right. Well, um, that's all we have for this week. Uh, before we go, however, we'll go around the room. You guys can share your social media handles and uh, let people know where they can find you online. Haley, I'll start with you. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at BFLU Haley. I'm also on all the other social medias. All right. Um, Shay. Yeah, primarily on Twitter at Shay Van Hoy, my name, and also have been ramping up my LinkedIn activity. So um, especially posting a lot more of our content there. Um, so I've been gaining followers. It's like you do, you know, you post more things and more people want to like interact with you. It's amazing. Yeah. Right? <laughs> LinkedIn is getting dangerously close to Facebook these days because people are putting political stuff on there and I don't want to see that. But uh, yeah, uh, hopefully that trend doesn't continue. Uh, Sarah, how about you? Yeah, I'm super active on LinkedIn. I uh, really enjoy it. Hit me up. I'm Sarah Shadburn. Um, I'm also on Twitter, but I don't tweet as much. Um, but you can get me uh, at BF Lou Sarah on Twitter. All right. You can find me at BF Lou David on Twitter as well. And yeah, LinkedIn too. Um, that's it for this week. If you like what you hear, please consider subscribing to the Access Louisville podcast on popular services like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Radio Public, and wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you very much, Haley, Shay, and Sarah. And thank you guys for listening at home. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Peace. Hey, everybody.